Hello and welcome in everybody to the Red, White, and True podcast, Redefining Progress, episode one, the original episode with your host, Andrew Britton. Just uh, wrapped up the kindergarten review work for the day with my son, in which he's actually teaching me more about kindergarten work than I'm teaching him. Wow. Thank you for that, Mr. President. I genuinely appreciate that, but I guess we can just add that to the list of names you've called me here recently. So I guess we're uh, full steam ahead now with that comment. Uh, But I do think it's pertinent here in the first episode that we do a bit of an introduction as to who I am and why I'm doing this. Uh, I am an everyday, middle-class, average American, just like all of you out there. Myself, my two small children, a boy and a girl, my dog, and my fiance are all dealing with the same issues that everybody else is dealing with right now. The budgetary issues that we face, crime, education, the economy, inflation, gas prices, energy prices, the border, all of the things that we're all dealing with on a daily basis. And I think that it's important to understand who I am as we proceed forward, that we understand that I'm, I'm one of you guys. I'm, I'm living the same things that you're all living. And that's what led me to wanting to do this. I, I love my job. So I did not want to run for office because I love my job and I want to keep doing my job. But I did want to shed some light on some things that I see happening in America that I don't particularly hear coming from the mainstream media. I see some of the foundations of this country being attacked, and the mainstream media's job is to expose those things, to expose any failures, any corruptions that people in power, politicians, uh, are giving to us. And I can tell you right now, they are absolutely failing on that in a miserable degree. If you want any evidence of that, just go listen to the lies and the talking points that are coming from the government right now and listen to the copy-paste rhetoric that comes from the media right now. It is exactly the same talking points. People, that sounds like propaganda. So I found it really important that those of us who care, who love this, who want to speak out, find ways to do it, talk about how we love this country how beautiful this country is, how beautiful the opportunities that we've been given by this country are, how important the Constitution is. And I mean, actually following the Constitution, not just inventing ways to scare people that their rights are going to be taken away or that the Constitution is not being followed. I really think that the Constitution is as important a historical document as the Magna Carta and the Gutenberg Bible. Given all of the issues and all the problems that we have today and the things that I really think are foundational problems that we have to solve and we have to deal with. So I think we can all agree that we have some very serious issues and some serious problems that we have to deal with. But I have such belief in this country and such belief in the people of this country that I know we will find a solution as long as we seek the truth. And I think that my feelings in regards to solving the issues of America are encapsulated really well in some comments by one of our former presidents in his inaugural address. And they sound like this. Our democracy must be not only the envy of the world, but the engine of our own renewal. 
There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. God bless America. Boom. Right on, buddy. God bless America. That's that's my little man there. Um, but I, I, I think that, that that clip is really powerful. Um, and I think that it's a good guideline to solving almost any issue uh, in the United States of America because there are so many things that are ripe with this country and, and the way that we operate and the people that live here. And so you say, Andrew, we have all of these issues. We have all these things going on. Is there a shorthand answer or a shorthand guideline that maybe we can utilize to try and and solve a lot of these issues, a multitude of issues really quickly? What's the answer for these things? And for that, I say, yes, there is another one. And we can pull another clip from another successful president, and that would be Ronald Reagan. And that clip sounds like this. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Exactly right, Mr. Reagan. Thank you very much for that. God rest your soul. But you guys, listen, that couldn't be any more correct. Everything the government touches turns to crap for the most part. Everything the government gets involved in, they seem to really have a success problem. So the least the government is involved in stuff, the better off that we really are. And listen, I'm here just trying to be honest with you. I just want to have an honest conversation with you, all right? I, I don't want to lie. The whole intention of doing this was to bring the facts to light so that everybody can be more educated, so that we can make more educated decisions in regards to the people that we put in place to make decisions for us in our constitutional republic. Look, you're going to find and you're going to see as we move forward here that I do have conservative-leaning beliefs. I do. But I have spent a lot of personal time away from my family researching statistics and facts and pulling clips to ensure that the information that I provide to you in this podcast is factual so that we can let the facts guide us so that we can bring the truth to light so that we can make the best, most educated decisions for ourselves for our children, and for this country, and for everybody involved here so that we can all make the best lives possible for ourselves. So I promise that I will give that to you. Whether the facts lead me in a direction that I want them to take me or not, I will give you factual information. So all I ask is that you hang with me because you may hear some facts that you may not like, but at the end of the day, as our First Amendment gives us the right to do, to speak about issues that we may not necessarily agree with. Hang tight with me, and we'll navigate this whole situation together, and I promise we will all come out the back end of this thing as better, more educated voters and Americans. Now smile, you look terrified. Oh no! Wow, didn't feel that bad that I have Jack Black and... My other little one piling in on me, it feels like a, a, a bit of a low blow there, but um, uh, are, we, are, we even allowed, are we even allowed to say low blow nowadays? I, I, I don't know. But we've made it through the intro. We're moving forward onto the issues, guys. We're, we're going to have a brief conversation about the major issues that are facing us today. Uh, we're going to take a look at education, a divided America, which doesn't really feel like an accident, uh, given a lot of the things that are going on nowadays. 
Uh, briefly at the 2020 election and abortion. A uh, brief look at climate change, economy and, afflate and inflation, and crime in the border. And my uh, my little guy has has a, re- a report, a, a breaking news report on what's going on with crime out there right now. So uh, I'll throw it to you, bud. What's going on out there? Crime miles around the city going... Unbelievable. You are absolutely right. I think, he, uh, I think he's got a future in journalism there. But we ask ourselves, how did all of this crime get so much worse so quickly here? What is going on? So crime in America is up 35% across America. And that is a year-over-year statistic. That is a 21 to 22 statistic. That doesn't even take into consideration the fact that from 20 to 21, we saw an increase in crime also. So we have an increase on top of an increase where we are now sitting in 2022 with a 35% increase in crime. And we ask ourselves, where did this all start? How did we get to this point? What is going on? How is it that criminals are just running through our beautiful American cities, doing whatever the hell they want to do? Hurting whoever, breaking into whatever, taking whatever they want without being punished. In many instances, being arrested and let go within 24 hours, allowing for the exact same criminals to commit the same crimes over and over and over again. And it is the innocent people of these places that are being victimized. So yet again, where did this start? How did this start? Because we have politicians of all rank and file now saying, well, we have to fund the police. Funding the police is the answer. Oh, okay. Well, it's an interesting contradiction because I I feel like it was like five minutes ago that we had a whole lot of prominent politicians on the left screaming, we need to fundamentally change our police departments. We need to defund the police. Defund the police. Ooh, defund the police. The police are such terrible people. So that is how this started. But those same people now are trying to tell you, oh, no, 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 no. We did not say that we need to defund the police. We never stood for defund the police. We never said that. Funding the police is the answer. Well, just to jog your memories here, here is many of those prominent politicians and people saying we need to defund the police. Hang with me. The segment's a little bit long. The clip's a bit long, but it drives home the point. So take a listen here. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, There's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So yes, defund your butts. Defund you. The city in this country ought to be thinking about the same thing. Yes, I support the defund movement. I'm for 
responsible reallocation of resources and defund the police. We are going to reduce funding in the police department and redirect that money. Needed to leave tweeting, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. When they're saying defund the police, what are they saying? They're saying we want fundamental, basic change when it comes to policing. Uh, and they're right. In some necessary cases, completely dismantling those police forces. We are committed to shifting resources. Our call to defund the police have been met with resistance. Yes, I support a radical reimagining of community safety and public safety. Say said defund the police. The world woke up. I, I really love that uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center to defund. Defunding police means defunding police. If these reports are accurate, then these proposed cuts to the NYPD budget are a disingenuous illusion. This is not a victory. The freshman Democrat adding the fight to defund policing will continue. You make me sick. Yeah, it makes me sick too, buddy, because the same people that perpetuated this nonsense that have caused this issue where innocent people are getting hurt and killed and robbed and mugged and having their property destroyed around the country who supported this are now trying to turn around and tell us that they did not say this. Do you think we're stupid? They most certainly and most absolutely do think that we are stupid. And let's put some names to those people who think that we're stupid. We're talking about AOC, the activist legislator herself, who has literally passed no legislation. She's authored no legislation. She's simply an activist. The same AOC that stands up on the steps, and I think it was her her last Vogue spread, talking about how she stands down on the ground with one of the people, while, with the people, while she's literally standing up on the steps, up on a pedestal above the people, yeah, really, really ironic shot there. Uh, fancy Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Elon Abdullahi Omar. We know how successful she's been in her area. Cori Bush. Wow. Ayanna Presley. Rashid Tlaib. Jamal Bowman. And Mr. President himself, Joe Biden, has said on multiple occasions that we need to reallocate funding from the police. Look, that's a fancy politician's way of saying defund the police. So, in many instances, these people that screamed defund the police, they supported people who burnt our cities down. They now support laws similar to what's going on in Illinois, where Illinois is now has a law that will go into effect on January 1st, 2023, where all citizens of the state of Illinois will be subject to not being allowed to hold criminals in prison for almost any crime with the exception of murder one and aggravated rape. That is about it. Where also, the police will not be allowed to remove trespassers from personal or business property, which means the people that own that property have to take into their own hands and make a decision on how much force needs to be used to remove this trespasser from their land. Does anybody does anybody else see the problem that that presents within itself? Not to mention the fact that every prisoner being held right now in a jail awaiting trial for 
any crime but murder one and aggravated rape will be released back onto the public. And this is called justice. They call this justice. It's an absolute joke, okay? I want to give you something that I thought was interesting here. The most violent cities in America, 2022, the cities with the highest violent crime. Tell me if you see a, a similarity here, okay? St. Louis, Missouri at number one at 2,082 incidents per 100K. Okay, Detroit, Michigan with 2,057. Baltimore, Maryland, 2,027. Memphis, Tennessee, 2003, where we just saw some truly disgusting behavior come out of Memphis, Tennessee, in which some people were defending the criminal. They were worried that the guy randomly running around shooting people was going to be harmed. Hmm, that's quite interesting. I wonder how they felt about the people that got harmed by the man that was randomly going around Memphis shooting people. Okay, so anyhow, Little Rock, Arkansas, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Rockford, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Stockton, California, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Springfield, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, Oakland, California, San Bernardino, California, Anchorage, Alaska, Nashville, Tennessee, Lansing, Michigan, New Orleans, Louisiana, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the start of it all, and Chicago, Illinois. People, we didn't even get into New York on that list, which we've seen on the news as a deplorable place right now. But speaking of deplorable, there's another issue that is relative to the crime spikes in this country that we need to get into, and that would be the border. And yet, again, we have our government fundamentally lying to us about the security of the border. I want to play you these clips. It's a bit long. It's a couple minutes. But I want you to hear the government's position on what the situation is at the border. Because, people, it is an abject lie. It is a total falsity that they're trying to get us to believe that the border is secure. No, the border is not secure. Okay? So listen to what their position is, and we'll get into this a little bit further afterwards. But this is the government's position on the border. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated, but world-class tennis players are not? They have their own specific protocols as well. But so just, they're two different things. They're two different things. But So are, how is it two different things? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. That, like we actually no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what ha what is happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not that's, that's not how. Exactly what's happening? We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Some of them turn themselves over. Some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. So. Let me just lay out what we have done under this administration. We have installed new border technology and set up joint protocols with Mexico and Guatemala to catch more human traffickers. People are walking uh, across uh, across the border. We have a, we have a, a plan in place. We have talked about title. We have talked about Title 42, right? This we not, have. This has nothing to do with Title 42. It is. It, title 42 is the CDC uh, imperative. And that you is. Guys got rid of it.
I don't know what the hell she's talking about. She doesn't make any sense at all. She's mumbling and fumbling over herself. But here is our really brilliant vice president's position on the border. Asked by the comb over king himself, Chuck Todd. Here we go. Final topic here. Since uh, we're here in Texas, I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. That makes as much sense as two plus two equals fish. Notice her mumbling and fumbling and pausing over herself because she's trying to figure out how she's going to lie to you, how she's going to try to spin this into something else. Notice that she starts to answer about, well, we need to get into immigration reform and blah, 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 blah. No, that's not what you were asked, Madam Vice President. You were asked if the border was secure. The border is secure in that, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's a bunch of crap. She doesn't know what she's saying. She's never been there. She's never seen it. She doesn't care. Here's some actual reporting from the border. Live reporting of massive groups of migrants crossing the border, just walking across as the French woman says, that's not what's happening, but that's actually exactly what's happening. Here's some reports from Fox News' Bill Malugin, who seems to be one of the only people that actually want to go down and cover the border. So here it is. Take a listen. We saw group after group after group walking on the road behind us after they crossed illegally into the United States. They opened up those gates and they let every single one of those migrants through. This was a single massive group of about 150 illegal immigrants that crossed in the middle of broad daylight. An absolutely enormous single group of migrants crossing illegally in Eagle Pass in broad daylight right in front of our cameras. We are talking hundreds upon hundreds of people. Well, we seem to have a conflict here. Yeah, a bit of a bit of an, a, a mic drop moment on you there, where the live reporting seems to be a direct contradiction to Madam Vice President and to the White House press secretary, who stumble and mumble over their words, trying to figure out how exactly you're going to lie to you. But maybe we'll get a different answer from DHS head Alejandro Mayorkas. The border is secure. We are working to make the border more secure. That is fact check false. <laughs> that is fact check false. And let's be honest, did you really expect to get a different answer? They're all perpetuating the same lie here. They have to tell you this lie because they know otherwise you'd be disgusted if you knew the following statistics. We are on pace to see about 4 million illegal immigrants cross the border in the first half of Joe Biden's presidency. That includes known gotaways and people that have had encounters with border, border Patrol. Now, let me ask you something. In a situation where people know if they come to the border and they get caught by Border Patrol, that they will simply be located within the country, getting work permits and essentially given the right to be here, why would you then sneak around to get around and hide from Border Patrol? 
Hmm. Do you think that possibly maybe those people don't have the best intentions in mind? Maybe those are the people that have something to do with the 300 Americans a day that are dying from fentanyl poisoning. Recently, we heard the government tell us, oh, but we're capturing so much more fentanyl. We're just capturing so much more. Well, it's because there's more coming over, you idiots. You're not capturing all the fentanyl coming across. We have seen twice as many people die of fentanyl poisonings than there are abortions in this country every year. 130,000 Americans compared to 60,000 abortions each year. That's the math. That's what the math looks like at the border. That's what's happening. You tell me the border's secure? I tell you that's a bunch of crap. The border is most absolutely not secure. When we get reports from women who cross the border and they're asked, what's that handful of pills that you have there? What is that? Oh, they're day after pills because they're making the trip, the trip to this country via the cartel, knowing that they are going to be sexually assaulted. In fact, as we get into those numbers, we find out that 30% of women crossing the border are being sexually assaulted, raped, okay? And they're not just doing this in the quiet, in the dark, and trying to keep it quiet. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no. They are taking their panties and hanging them on trees as a trophy as a symbol in a competition to other coyotes to see who can rape the most women that they're bringing across. Not to mention the fact that these people are paying exorbitant amounts of money to get here. People who don't have this money. So we ask, where do they get that money from? Oh, they take the loans. They take the loans from the cartels. And then when they get over here, they have to work for the cartel in order to pay the loan back. But when they get enough money to pay the loan back, They go to tell the cartel, hey, we've paid the loan back. We're done. And the cartel says, oh, no, 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 you are not done. Your loan is actually compounded this much interest and you're going to stay. You also need to understand that these people are paying the cartel before the cartel actually provides their service. Okay, so they're paying anywhere from seven to twenty thousand dollars for the cartel to get them over the border but they have to pay the cartel before they actually do this. So the cartel doesn't actually care if they get these people across the border. They don't care what the heck happens to them because they're already paid. So in Arizona here recently, they found a four-month-old and an 18-month-old baby. They found these two babies abandoned in the Arizona desert. Abandoned. This is what's going on. So in effect, we are promoting and allowing sexual assault, rape, people are dying trying to cross the border, not to mention the fact that we're putting people into human trafficking rings where they are essentially working as slaves and they will work for the cartels for the rest of their lives. And if they disobey at all, the cartel will kill them and likely lots of members of their families. This is the position that the government is taking right now. This is what they are doing at the border. And it is foul and it is disgusting And they should be sick with themselves for what they're doing. Trying to claim that this is some type of, I don't know, humanitarian effort is an absolute and disgusting joke. You're also going to hear them try to tell you that they inherited this problem somehow. That somehow they inherited this problem. But the reality is, is that under Donald Trump, where we used the Border Patrol to protect the border, 
and we used a policy called remain in Mexico, meaning that people who tried to cross illegally had to remain in Mexico while they were waiting for their cases to be heard. Illegal border crossings were down 80% under Donald Trump's administration. But having said that, let's transition into the next lie that they're perpetuating upon us, which is the economy's fine. It's all good. It's all good. So as we lead into that, we know that we've had two negative quarters of GDP. And yes, I understand there are multiple factors that lead us into saying that we are in a recession. It's not just the GDP number. I get that. But people look around you for God's sakes. Come on. When you go to the grocery store and everything costs twice as much as it did before, don't tell me that inflation's 8.3%. That's a joke. You're living in the real world. You know inflation is not 8.3%. It is dramatically higher on those of us out here living in the real world. But we do know that throughout the entirety of American history, since we have tracked GDP since the 1930s, every single time we have seen two negative quarters of GDP back to back, that has always, always, always meant that we were in a recession. Every single time, that is what that has meant. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at the numbers. Or in fact, I'll just read the numbers to you of every single recession that we have had. Since 1930, we've had two negative GDP quarters back to back that has always been characterized as a recession. And here they are. 1930 to 1933. 1945 to 1947. 1949. 1954. 1958. 1974 to 75. 1980. 1982. Those were inflationary recessions. Somewhat similar to what we're in right now. 1991. 2008, we all know what happened then. 2020 COVID, we came roaring out of that, and boom, here we are, 2022. Unbelievable. If you don't believe me, go hit the Google machine. Go hit the Google machine and find out if these dates are correct and if these dates have ever been characterized as anything other than a recession. But I do want to give you some economists' definition of a recession that were recorded five, six plus years ago. And here they are. While there is no universally accepted definition of a recession, a technical recession is a decline of gross domestic product or GDP for two consecutive quarters. That means the value of all the goods and services produced in a country went down for six months straight. But the US National Bureau of Economic Research, which tracks the start and finish of each US recession, says a recession can begin even earlier than that. Super Mario Brothers says that's one life down. And keep in mind, these clips are all pre five years ago. So this was the accepted definition until it became political for the definition. So let's see if they can gain any ground back here after they've already lost one life in the it's not a recession game. Your understanding of a recession. Let's look it up. So it says some economists define a recession as two consecutive quarters of decline in a country's economic growth. The definition of it, it's two or more consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. Consecutive means coming immediately one after another. 
So yeah, game over. That kind of settles that debate on whether or not we're in a recession or not, which to be honest with you guys, it, it doesn't even really matter. Does it really matter what we call it? What really matters is what we experience, what we're living and what the people in place, what the people in power are doing to help that situation. And the answer to that is absolutely nothing. They're doing nothing. On the day that the latest inflation numbers come out that show that inflation is not getting better, it is getting worse on the American people. This administration decides they're going to throw a party at the White House to celebrate their Inflation Reduction Act, which they have literally said to us does not reduce inflation. The CBO has gone through this bill with a fine-tooth comb and has found that it is in nature inflationary itself. The I'll say that again. The Inflation Reduction Act is inflationary, okay? So... That bill is only going to make things worse. One of the biggest things that our brilliant President Brandon, I mean Joe Biden, says is that he has put a cap, a $35 cap on the price of insulin. Okay, well, that's great. Well, President Trump put that same cap during his administration on insulin. Joe Biden let that cap expire and then puts the same cap back in place and then tries to come to us, the American people, and say, look what I did, look what I did. I put a cap on insulin. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Our economy is down about 5% since Joe Biden took office. And keep in mind, that is with him riding the coattails for a year of the economy that was coming out of COVID, booming, screaming back out of COVID. And with his energy policies and their green nonsense, which we'll get into green energy later into the next part two, part B of episode one, the intro, but green energy does not and will not work in the manner in which it is currently constituted. It is a lie. It is a fallacy. And the motivations behind it are, please give me money. And who's getting that money? Politicians in bed with the Chinese, as we are giving the primary bulk of that money to the Chinese to bolster our greatest adversary. There's a lot more that we're going to get into, guys. We haven't even gotten into issues like abortion, a divided America, elections, the way we run them in this country, and some of the other fundamental laws and privileges and rights that we have as Americans that are in jeopardy right now. They really are. And I promise you, my true, genuine agenda as far as doing this podcast and putting myself out there that way is because I want to make America great. I want America to be the shining city on the hill, as it was so described by Ronald Reagan. And I want America to be great the way that this president agrees with and wants to make America great again. That together we can make America great again. I want to attack these problems and make America great again. And to make America great again... Time to make America great again. <laughs> I guarantee you that was not the president you thought I was about to drop a sound clip from. That was Bill Clinton, everybody, saying that we need to make America great again. And the reason I play that is because the statement itself, make America great again, is not a controversial statement. It is simply saying that we want our country that we all love so much, that we're all willing to fight for, we want to make that place great. Because when America is strong, when America is great, the rest of the world is a better place for it. 
So as we drive further into other podcasts, and as we get into the second half of the intro podcast here, I want you to keep that in mind. That the intention is for America to be great, not as a MAGA movement or anything like that. However, the method is that we get there is for America to be great. While you understand that statistically, I'm providing you the information that shows you that we are not heading in a direction that will make us great, that will make us a better partner for the rest of the world, for our allies, for the people of this country. We are not heading that direction, okay? I'd like to wrap up the first half of the first podcast here, the intro podcast, and thank everybody for joining us here and listening to me and giving me an opportunity to bring some facts to you, to bring some truth, some light to the truth to you. But I want everybody to remember, before we step away from this thing today, that we're all on the same team. We're all on Team America. We're not supposed to agree with everything. That's not the way this whole thing works. In fact, we are supposed to be able to provide dissenting opinions so that we can ultimately get to the best conclusion possible. If we all thought the same way, that would be called groupthink. And that is bad. That is how you come up with some of the worst decisions, some of the worst atrocities that have been committed amongst mankind. Okay? Groupthink is a bad thing. So us having dissenting opinions is a good thing. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the facts will set us free. The facts will show us to the light. So again, I'd like to thank you for joining us for the first podcast here. I'm Andrew Britton, your host, Red, White, and True Podcast. And always remember, everybody, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. God bless America.